Hi there, it's Sue, and you're listening to a special 12-part series of Maker to Master, Find and Fix What's Not Working in Your Small Business. This is part one. Given that many of us are sequestered at home right now, I wanted to do something to balance out the pull to watching the news over and over again. The best thing we can do right now is stay healthy, mentally and physically. That means being active. Go outside for a walk each day, lift weights, or get on your home bike, and think about how you can use this newfound time to be productive. Wouldn't it be great to come out of these times stronger in mind, body, and business? Towards that end, here are a few chapters of my book. Listen to all 12 episodes to hear it in its entirety. On Mondays, I'm sticking with our regular podcast, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you'll get these special editions. If you'd like to purchase a hard copy, you can do so on Amazon or at giftbizunwrapped.com. Are you discouraged because your business right now isn't performing as you envisioned? Do you tell people everything is wonderful when inside your stomach is churning because you know it's not true? This book will help you identify where the holes are in your business and show you exactly how to fix them. You'll learn from owners just like you who are seeing real success, growing their companies, and living their dream. In this book, find out how to confirm your business is set up correctly to provide the foundation for growth how to implement pricing strategies that bring in sales and make you money, how to effortlessly attract new customers every day, and balance the making of your product with the running of your business. And finally, you'll discover how to ensure that your business stays open and grows over time. Let's get right to it, shall we? Introduction Jen had been looking forward to having coffee with Monica all week. It was nothing extraordinary. They got together often, and it was always a special time. Girl time. Catching up, sharing stories about the kids, the next vacation, that sort of thing. She remembers sitting with her cup of vanilla spiced latte and thinking how lucky she was. Great friends, a wonderful husband, and two beautiful children. She was truly blessed with her life, until she wasn't. How did this one coffee date change everything for her? How did she go from being so grateful to now being anxious, stressed, and resentful? She shouldn't really blame Monica. It's not her fault, except it's all her fault in a way. Jen tries to recollect how it all happened. That morning, they had both dropped off their children at school. Then they met at their regular high-top wooden table near the window in the local coffee shop. It was a favorite destination, and the autumn day was sunny with a slight chill. A light breeze came through the open window that made the wind chimes tingle delicately in the background. Monica noticed Jen's scarf and complimented her on it. It was a beautiful mixture of sage, mustard, and tangerine, perfect for the season. It had an interesting textured design with tassels on the ends, too. Oh, I made this, said Jen. I've been knitting for years. It's relaxing and fun. 
I even make my own designs so I can try out new stitches. Really, Monica reacted in surprise. How is it that we've been friends all this time and I didn't know that? My sister's birthday is coming up in a few weeks, Monica continued. Is there any chance you could make one for her? I'll pay you, of course. It will be a fabulous gift. I just can't think of what else to get her. This would be really special. That was the start. It was perfect. Jen loved making her scarves and completely bought into the plan. Of course, when the time came, she didn't accept money from Monica, since she was such a dear friend. A few weeks later, Monica told Jen how much her sister loved her gift. Have you ever considered starting a knitting business? I bet a lot of people would be interested in your scarves, Monica stated emphatically. That got Jen thinking. Could I actually make money on the side while being home with the children? Why not? As her mind opened up, she liked the idea more and more. So she started making scarves and selling to friends. It was energizing and exciting. People were eagerly buying them, and things naturally developed from there. She created a company called Jazzy Jens. She built a website and everything. She was excited and proud to be a brand new entrepreneur. Who would ever have thought I'd start a business of my very own? Jen remembered the satisfaction and joy in that thought. Those days are now long gone. What started as a wonderful dream is now a disaster. She has spent a lot of money, and for what? Initially, her scarves were selling before she could even finish making them. Now sales were dribbling in, if you could even say that. She has not reimbursed her parents for the money she borrowed to get started. It's been three years with little to show for it, except a business card with jazzy gens on it. Jen's husband wants her to close down, and she feels like a failure. Perhaps the worst of this is that she really resents Monica. If she would never have put that idea of a business into her head, none of this would have happened. Their friendship is now strained, and she misses the camaraderie they once had. It's not Monica's fault, of course. Jen has little time for coffee dates these days anyway. She's busy trying to turn this business around. If she has to shut down, it will be humiliating and heartbreaking. Where does she go from here? Unfortunately, this scenario repeats itself every day. An innocent, well-intended comment leads to an idea. The idea starts bright and opportunistic, then fizzles away instead of growing to shine strong. It's heartbreaking for all involved, but it doesn't have to be this way. This book is intended for gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers of all sorts who have a dream to turn their hobby or craft into a business. I may have caught you right where Jen is, having started a business and gotten stuck. It's okay. Be forgiving with yourself. As a creator, you have a lot of skill and knowledge. You know everything about your product. You have hard-earned experience with equipment, tools, and the various elements needed to produce your unique designs or delicious treats. I'm here to tell you the dream is achievable. You never needed to know the business side of things. Until now. This book will guide you through the best practices of a thriving business. Some may already be on your radar, 
but I bet there are a few that will be new and hold the key to getting you back on track and ensure your success. There's not a minute to waste. Let's get started, shall we? Idea development. It's on my mind. It all begins with your dream. Maybe you know you want to start your own business, but haven't zoomed in on exactly what it is yet. Or maybe you've thought it through in detail and just need to get started. Perhaps you're already on your way, but have met up with obstacles you're struggling to overcome. Before we go any further, it's important to review your vision. You are investing your heart into this dream, so let's confirm you're reaching for the right star. By the end of this section, you'll have the right full-colored picture of your dream just waiting for you to make it come true. It gets more and more exciting from there. Chapter 1. It's a brand new world. Congratulations! You have opened your mind to the dream of starting a business from your hobby or craft. It's such an exciting time because in your mind you can create anything, literally anything that you want. It's also the place every business starts. You're at the same point where Sheila was before she created Brownie Brittle, where Katie was before she created the Leaky Collection, where Pam was before she created Tuscany Tours. This is a beautiful and dangerous place to be. Let me explain. It's easy at this stage to envision anything you want. The view from the outside, however, is always different than the view from the inside. On the outside, we can dream of what we'd like the business to be. And dreams produce the feelings we want, too. Here's where we can deceive ourselves. We dream about what we believe things will be like versus understanding the reality of our dream. This is what happened to Sam. She loves everything associated with Bohemian style. A shop on Main Street was her vision. So, with a small loan, she started Bohemian Bliss and opened her doors. She had such fun going to market and purchasing her first pieces of clothing, jewelry, and gift items. What joy she took in picking out the perfect dusty rose paint for the walls that would be the backdrop for her beloved items. Stylish antique crystal chandeliers dropped from the ceilings, offering extra ambiance. It was perfect, and it truly was in the beginning. Sam joined her local chamber and quickly became part of the community. Her customers enjoyed going to visit her to pick up gifts of all sorts. Her prices were quite reasonable, and her items were unique and wonderfully quirky. She definitely had an eye for selecting what her customers wanted. This sounds like a dream come true, doesn't it? Bohemian Bliss closed its doors two years after it opened. What happened? In Sam's case, her dream did not align with reality. Sam was miserable in her store. She never considered that she would need to spend so much time in her shop every single day. Sometimes nobody would come in for hours and she got bored. So she'd hang a sign on the door and go to a yoga class or grab lunch with a friend. That didn't leave a good impression when someone came to buy a gift, only to find the shop closed. Most people don't have time to come back in an hour as the sign directed. This only needed to happen a couple of times before word got around. How do you prevent some version of this from happening 
to you. As you consider turning your business dream into reality, take the time to live that dream in your mind. Unlike Sam, will you be able to handle the responsibilities and commitment that a shop on Main Street requires? Your specifics may be different, but before you get started and spend time and money, add a reality layer on top of your dream. Confirm to yourself that you are still as much in love with the idea as you think you are right now. Many are, and this is not meant to be a deterrent. If anything, it will push you to move forward. It will create excitement and anticipation of what's to come. This is all very good. Chapter 2, A Racing Heart. How do I figure out what business I should start? I get asked this question often. Based on the years of interviewing creators of all types, I've found that every idea starts in one of three ways. One, a childhood joy. When we're young and societal norms haven't yet affected us, our true nature comes out. Think back to your childhood. What did you love to do when nobody controlled your time? Did you paint? Were you active with an outside activity? Did you like building with Legos? Many bakers talk about the fond memories they have of spending time in the kitchen with a relative. Artists talk about getting their first coloring book or learning to knit with their grandmother. Creators of aromatherapy products speak of spending time in the garden among the many scents. These moments in time are stored in our heart and reveal what really impacts and holds deep meaning for us. What is it for you? It's worth thinking about how this might be transformed into a business. These innate passions of your youth might be something that will give you joy and fulfillment for a lifetime. Two, a racing heart. Our body gives us signals that we don't even realize. Tuning in and recognizing these signals can pay off big time. Here, I have to tell you of my own experience. Shortly after Michael and I were married, we took a trip to France. Our tour took us from Paris to Provence to Marseille. I fell in love with the country. I reveled in the never-ending fields of sunflowers and lavender. There were quaint villages with small nooks and crannies to discover. I couldn't get enough of the bright, bold colors and flavorful delicacies of all sorts. And the wine. One day, we were on our tour bus, winding through one of these small villages. The road was so narrow, the homes on each side could be touched by stretching an arm out the window. That allowed me to curiously peek inside the homes through the lace curtains. I admit it. I so enjoyed looking at the decor. What caught my eye most were the linens, the bold royal blue, brilliant yellow, and bright, passionate red. I couldn't get enough. Our bus turned a bend, and there on the corner was an outdoor market with all these beautiful provincial linens displayed. My heart was racing. I was praying with all my might that we would stop so I could immerse myself amongst all that color. Lucky for me, we did. Yes, I bought more than my fair share of linens, which I still have to this day. As I reflect back, the physical effect of this experience was amazing. My body was telling me about what I love. It wasn't, oh, that's pretty. 
it was so much more than that. Others I've talked to have had similar physical reactions to different events. For you, it might be how you feel when your hands interact with clay, or the instant joy you experience as you search for the right fabrics for your next quilt. A physical sign can also be a heartfelt reaction. This is what happened to Pam and Stacy when they were traveling abroad. Pam fell in love with Tuscany on her very first trip. The food and the wine, the art and the landscapes, and the people. It impacted her so deeply that she and her husband Sam moved from America and they raised their family in a small medieval village near Siena. She also started Tuscany tours so she could share her love of the country with others. What fun Pam has as she sees her country anew through the eyes of her tourists. For Stacy, it was a family trip to Peru. With a natural flair for art and design, she loved the patterns and the native styles surrounding her on the streets and in the shops. But she also noticed the poverty and the struggles these beautiful Peruvian women endured. When Stacy returned home, she couldn't shake the feeling that something needed to be done to help these women. That led her to founding Shopping for a Change, a nonprofit that empowers impoverished women across the globe. Being conscious of the clues your body sends you is nature's way of saying, do more of that. How wonderful if you can incorporate this into your new business. Three, a random moment. This is often how the idea for a new product originates. Someone is going through their day and then bam, a problem arises and the need for a solution exposes itself. This is exactly what happened to Tom. Upon retirement, Tom was assigned the household task of keeping the bird feeder full. This will be easy, he thought, until the squirrels started wreaking havoc. No sooner would he fill the feeder when the squirrels would come along and empty it out. This interruption to Tom's newfound freedom simply would not do, particularly on a Sunday afternoon during football season. After a little thought and ingenuity, Squirrel Away Bird Cafe was born. Sometimes it's not a solution to a problem, but more an instantaneous idea. That's how Amy's company, Marshmallow MBA, came about. She was having a holiday drink with her friend Keith. They were enjoying a marshmallow treat she whipped up with her grandmother's original recipe. Keith was the one who suggested she turn this into a business. The idea took a little while to settle in. She challenged whether there would actually be a market for her marshmallows. But once that was proven, there was no stopping her. Ideas for businesses are around us every single day. If you are looking for that perfect idea, consider any or all of these triggers and keep a watchful eye. The right idea will appear for you. Maybe even tomorrow. That's a wrap for this session of Maker to Master, and I look forward to sharing the rest of the book with you in upcoming episodes. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people 
and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 